Um, our title today is A Loss for Words. We're going to talk about today how you can still have word world without any words. <laughs> amen. Amen. So we're going to jump in. Oh, I like that. That's really nice. Hallelujah. I love that, that image. We're going to go to Luke chapter one. You know, as Minister uh, Marco said, this is my husband, Minister Brandon. And I'm Prophet Benita. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're going to go ahead and jump into the word. Yes. All right. Um, now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote saying, his name is John and they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake and praised God. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to uh, just jump in and go a little uh, a little further back in the story just to introduce who uh, these, these characters are. We have Zacharias and we have Elizabeth. So I'm going to jump back to around verse five, six and seven. Amen, amen, amen. Just to give you a little, little bit of a history uh, as to who they were. So there were, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. And just a little bit of history, you know, about them as these verses show, Zacharias and Elizabeth were introduced and the way God introduced them to us was how they were blameless, how they were, you know, how they were living righteous. Now, throughout their life and throughout the story, as we progress, we're going to see, you know, they take some turns and, you know, there's some things that happen with unbelief. But when we see them, when we're introduced to them, we see them walking before God. We see them doing the things that God has called them to do. We see them being blameless and being righteous before the Lord. And so I want you to think about yourself and just know that when God begins to introduce you to people, what part or what aspect of your life is he able to introduce you? Are you in a place where you're being righteous? Are are you in a place where God can introduce you as someone who's being a man of God, who's being a woman of God, who's being a good wife, a good husband, a good mother, a good father? At what point of your life is God able to shine the light on you to introduce you to someone else? Is it the time where you were being in a place of unbelief? Is it a time where you were being rebellious? Do you have enough times in your life that you have been obedient to God a good span of your life that you have been obedient to God enough for God to take that and be enough to introduce you to somebody else. Amen. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. <laughs> I didn't come to preach. I came to teach now. Hallelujah. Maybe prophesy a little bit later on. Hallelujah. Whatever the Lord wants to do. So we see that their, their character, we, we're introduced to their character, them being righteous, them being blameless. And their character is able to stand. They have been flowing in that for a long enough period of time that God is able to take these whole three verses right here, verse five, six, and seven, to show us their character. It shows us also a little bit of their situation. As you see here in verse seven, it says they had no child. So even though they were righteous, even though they were blameless, they were united in the fact that they were both doing exactly what God called them to do. But look at this level of unity. You can't just be united in the good things. You can't just be united in when things are going well. But in verse seven, it says they had no child. It didn't say Elizabeth had no child or she had no child. So not only are they being united in their righteousness and in their flowing in the will of God, but they're also being united in their circumstance. How many of us break apart when a circumstance happens? How many people want to blame Elizabeth and say, well, it's her body that's barren, right? But no, they're, they're, have, they're having this unity even in the midst of their circumstances. 
because they're both in a place where they're they're old age, but the scripture doesn't mention their old age first. The scripture mentions that Elizabeth was barren first, and that's the major reason why they had no child, but it didn't say she. So I just want you to be encouraged that when you're united with someone, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend, whether it's a prayer partner, whether it's a ministry, whatever, when you have that unity, don't begin to separate when there's a circumstance. Continue to stay united because God is going to move in that. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn it over to my husband. <laughs> Amen. Uh, now we are going to jump to, yes, verse, I'm going to read 11, 12, and 13. It says, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John. Mm -hmm. So even as I said before, uh, Zacharias, he was a priest. And at this point in time, he they cast lots because there were so many priests. Uh, there were about, well, when I was doing research, it said that there was about 8,000 priests. So this is why they had to cast lots to see, you know, who was going to burn the incense. Mm -hmm. And the reason they burned the incense is because this is before Christ. So there was, you know, sacrifices being made and, you know, dead animals, blood, all of this stuff. When it just sits around, it doesn't smell so good. So the incense was there uh, so that the people were able to approach God so that they were able to pray to God and only the priest could do this because the place where the incense was burned only the priest was allowed to be there Amen. so Zacharias as my wife was saying before Zacharias and Elizabeth they're without child they're without child but even in that they were blameless not only mm. were they blameless but they still remain righteous mm. and the name Zacharias it means God remembers see and, and a lot of times you know you can you can be doing ministry you know and you can feel like does God see me you know does wow. the, does God like I've been doing this for a long time because it, it let it clearly lets us know that they were well stricken in years so they have been serving they have been blameless they have been in that place of righteousness righteousness for a long time come on now but they never let they didn't feel entitled See, the thing about us, you know, we feel like, God, I've been doing this. Now, this says they were well stricken in years. So this means that they they had some age on them. You know, we do things, you know, for a couple months and we just feel like God got that's enough for God to move for us in that instance. But the thing about them that they they didn't let that move them. Mm -hmm. They didn't let that move them out of position. You know, Zacharias, he could have been on a mindset like. I don't want to do this no more. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not going to burn these incense like God. God, you didn't move for me. I, now you want me to burn incense so other people can pray to you? <laughs> you know, he could have been in that mindset, but that was not his mindset. He was blameless in every aspect. Um, and if you can go back to verse 11. It says, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So this here, you know, Zacharias, he's in his, like I say, he, the lot fell upon him. Mm -hmm. So now it's his duty as the priest to go and burn the incense for the people. So he's doing what he's supposed to do. And here, even though he's doing what he's supposed to do, he's still at the altar. Mm -hmm. How many times, like when, when you go to God, when you approach God and he's doing this for, for the people, he's burning the incense for the people, but mm -hmm. God was there. God met him there because of his obedience, because yeah. his, his, his obedience and his ability to look past his situation, to look, look past his circumstance so that somebody else can get to God. Wow. He was selfless in that manner. And so as he's doing this, an angel appeared standing on the right side. And we know that the right side, the right side means favor. And, you know, like I said, they were blameless and they were righteous through all of this. And it wasn't just Zacharias because he, he was a priest. You know what the Lord was showing me? Elizabeth, she didn't have a title. Come on. Zach, it says Zacharias was a priest. Mm -hmm. But even in that, Elizabeth was that obedient to where, she, you know, they were on one accord. They were unified in what they believed. She was unified with her husband because he was blameless. And like I said, he was uh, he was righteous. She didn't have a title, but she didn't let that affect her obedience. We can't let a title affect our obedience. You don't need a title to be obedient. Come on. So this angel of the Lord was standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Verse 12. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. 
So we know we don't know how often Zacharias prayed. We don't even know if Zacharias was praying in this moment. But you know how, you know, like sometimes you could be doing something and you might just, you know, whisper a little prayer. This is what I imagine Zacharias <laughs> doing, you know, because he is in that place where prayer takes place. He's in a place, you know, where God is like the people on the outside. But him as a priest, he's doing this so that the people can approach God. But I can see him just because he's in that atmosphere. You know, I could see him feeling prompted to pray. Mm. So even as he's praying, God meets him right there. Wow. So we can't. We always have to be ready. <laughs> you know, don't just pray just to be Come saying on. a prayer. Like prayers don't have to take a long time and you never know when and how God wants to meet you. Because like I said, he was at the altar. Mm. God met him right there at the altar. So when we approach God, when we go to the altar, when we're praying, we need to always have expectation. And our expectation, mm -hmm. does the, it doesn't have to be pushed out. Like we don't have to expect God to move, you know, you know next week or two weeks from now or a year from now. No, we need to, our expectation needs to be much sooner. Mm. It says, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. So here's here Zacharias at the altar, God meets him and immediately he gets troubled. And it says that fear fell upon him. Mm -hmm. You know, have you ever, have you ever received the word or, you know, or, or has God ever given you a glimpse of something and, you know, fear try to come upon you? Mm -hmm. Like you begin to get troubled about that thing. This is how Zacharias was feeling. He was feeling fearful because now what he's been praying for, he's been, God is meeting him there. It says, but the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Like I said, Zacharias means God remembers. For thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John. So I just want to tell somebody, you've been praying. Don't be fearful when God meets you. Okay. Don't be fearful. God remembers. And like I said, this is why we have to, we can't worry about, you know, what we don't have, you know, things like that. We can't worry about comparison because he, they could have looked at other couples' lives. They could have been like, you know, well, we've been serving the same time. You know, they got three kids, <laughs> you know, they got one child, like, Lord, I just want one. They never got caught up in that. All they were concerned about was ministry and staying blameless and staying righteous and pleasing God. Amen. Amen. Um, when I look at 18, 19 and 20, hallelujah. So they were, they were focused. They were focused. And, and sometimes things do happen in our life that try to shift our focus, but we have to keep on that path of, of holiness and righteousness. And 18 says, and Zechariah said unto the angel. So this angel came to him and met him at, at the altar. And he said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And I'm going to stop right there for a quick second. So we know that there were two reasons why they had no child. The word mentions that the first reason is that Elizabeth was barren. And then the second reason that the word said was because they were old and they were elderly. They were, they were older in age. But look at Zacharias's response to the angel who's telling him all of these wonderful things. He's telling him, you know what? God heard your prayer. You know, you're going to have a son. Like all of these things that should react, uh, should, ha should have a joyful reaction. Zachariah says, whereby shall I know this? He's like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know what you're saying. I, I don't, I don't see what you're saying. Right. Like I hear you, but, but I'm not really listening because I'm, you threw me off with saying that we, <laughs> that we're gonna have we're gonna have a child. Like I prayed that prayer a while ago. So I just want you to know some of the prayers that you forgot that you prayed, or the prayers that's not on the forefront of your mind. God has not forgotten them. God has not forgotten Hallelujah. your prayer. He has not forgotten your request. He has not forgotten how you felt in the moment when you were praying. He hasn't forgotten that. And so don't be surprised when God comes to answer a prayer that you forgot about. He says, "Whereby shall I know this?" Like what? I, I hear you, but what, what are you talking about, angel? Then look at his response. He says, for I am an old man. He immediately put the blame on himself. The word said it was Elizabeth who was barren first. Their old age was a secondary factor. But Zacharias was so thinking about himself. And sometimes we put the blame on ourselves for things that haven't happened. We allow the enemy to bring condemnation because 
we're not perfect. And we make the enemy think, oh, because you erred in this particular space or because you were the one that stepped out in the marriage or because you were the one that lied or because you were the one that didn't keep your word or you were the one that rebelled, that it's because this is not happening because of you. So I want to pull you out of that self-doubt right now. I want to pull you out of that condemnation because that wasn't even what the word said. And as we're looking for the word to shape our world, we got to line up with what the word said. He took it upon himself and said, it's, it's me. I'm, I'm an old man. So this can't possibly happen. And then he brings his wife on and says, and she's also old as well. Verse 19. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. I love this. And am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. The question Zacharias poses was, whereby shall I know this? Like, I hear what you're saying, but what are you talking about? Look at, at, look at the angel's answer. He didn't even address that question. <laughs> he didn't give an answer to, to Zacharias' question because he knew it came from a place of, of doubt and worry and unbelief and fear. He said, I am Gabriel. I know that's not what you asked me, but I'm telling you right now. I'm coming because this is a worthwhile place. I'm coming from a place of the, I heard this firsthand from God. I've been in the presence of God and we begin to discount people that come to us to give us a word. But sometimes we need to understand, oh, they, they're giving this word because they were in the presence of God. Especially if you yourself haven't been in a presence like that. It's the grace of God that he sends somebody to you to still get the word to you, to break through your fears and your doubt and your unbelief to get that word to you. He sent Gabriel, the ultimate messenger, and said, I am to speak unto thee and show thee these glad tidings. Zacharias, don't you understand that what I'm telling you is something that should bring you joy? Don't you understand that this is something that you have been praying about? Don't you remember that this was your heart's desire? And so I come to ask God to bring back to remembrance what your heart desire was. Because there were times that you prayed, for, Lord Jesus, there's times that you prayed for things and you prayed adamantly for them. And when it didn't happen, your, your, your desire began to die down. But God said, uh-uh, I'm coming back to restore that desire, Hallelujah. that prayer, that, that, that single woman that wants to be married and you've been dating a dating or you didn't haven't been dating or it don't seem like nobody's in sight. And you're like, well, okay, well, God, maybe it's not from, uh-uh. God is saying, no, I'm coming back to give you back that, that desire because there are some prayers that he wants to answer. There are some prayers that you, that, that you pray for your children. And because they've just been showing out, here and there and everywhere, you're like, well, Lord, you know, in your when in your time and Lord, mm -mm, get that fire back, get that passion back, get that desire back, because those are some prayers that God wants to answer for you. Amen. These are glad tidings. You can go to verse 20. This is something that's supposed to be making Zacharias happy. But even though we were introduced to him as being righteous, as being blameless, he had a moment. And don't we all sometimes just have a moment <laughs> but that moment does cost you now there's consequences because look at verse 20 and behold thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season oh my gosh this is there's so much in this we're talking about word world but in this situation because of the words that Zechariah spoke he began to shape this world of having to be mute but the thing about God, there are going to be a there's going to be consequences. But look at the grace that is within this consequence. It says, "You shall not be able to speak until the day these things shall be performed." God didn't say, "Okay, you know what? You don't believe me? You ain't getting no son." Okay, forget it. God is not He's not slack concerning His promises. He's not a man that He shall lie. But because of His unbelief, He had a consequence. But the consequence wasn't ultimately God taking his word back from him. So we feel like, God, mm -mm, you're going to take your word back from me because I had a moment, because I had some unbelief, because I had some doubt. I feel like God is just going to remove the whole word. Uh-uh. I want you to be encouraged today. There may have been a consequence, but your word Hallelujah. is still coming. Your word is still coming to pass. It may take a little bit longer than you thought, but your word is still coming to pass. It's something you can still stand on. It says it shall be performed shall be performed. When I think of a performance, I've been in many performances in my life from a child up until an adult. There's always an audience. In the performance, there's always an audience. So this thing is going to be performed. We're going to see later on, there's going to be an audience. But in the meantime, no words. 
I can't allow you to continue to speak doubt. I can't allow you to continue to speak out of fear. So instead of having you continue to speak this way, God said, mm -mm, I'm going to shut your mouth because I want you to be quiet until you see that I'm going to do this thing for you. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go to verse 57 and 58. It says, now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son. Mm -hmm. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. Now, just as my just as my wife was talking about, you know, the grace of God. My wife was just talking about the grace of God. And so, you know, Zacharias, like I said, his, his name means God remembers. So one thing I, I, I meant to say earlier with his name, meaning God remembers, because God remembered, you know, their service, their, them being blameless, them being righteous. Mm -hmm. What does God remember about you? What type of memories are you creating mm. for God? What does God have to look back on? What does God have to work with when it comes to you, when it comes to ministry? Because like I said, he was a priest. His wife, she didn't have a title, but they both were blameless. They both were righteous. Mm -hmm. They didn't allow what they did not have or, you know, what they wanted and they didn't have. They didn't allow that to affect their ministry. They didn't stop doing ministry because they felt like God wasn't doing what they wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. They understood that God is purposeful. He has wisdom. Because who's to say if they had a child, if they would have still been blameless and righteous? Who's to say that they wouldn't have used that child as an excuse as to why, you know, Zacharias couldn't go burn no incense. <laughs> you know, so that th these are things that, you know, we have to keep in mind. And so even in verse 57, now Elizabeth's full time came. Oh, this is what I was going to say earlier. So, yeah, <laughs> Zacharias, he didn't understand the grace that was already there. Like God already knew. So the name John means God is gracious. So mm -hmm. the angel had already given Zacharias the name he had already given him the grace because God knew what was to come next and that grace was coming through John and so now Elizabeth's full time so just meaning that she was she was full term mm -hmm. but what God was showing me it says now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered come so on. I'm like wait a minute that she should be delivered it said yes yeah, says that she brought forth the son but it was her time to be delivered not her Hallelujah. time to deliver. So in this context, yes, she brought forth the son, but this wasn't about John at this moment. This was about Elizabeth. Come on. So we have to be, you have to be ready for your now moment. Amen. She needed to be delivered. You know, she, 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 she was blameless. She was righteous. And Though she may not have spoke about these things. These, these may have been things that she had just talked to God privately about. But like I said, she didn't allow that to affect her demeanor. She didn't have an attitude. She wasn't upset with Zacharias taking stuff out on him, you know, trying to keep him home. She wasn't misbehaving, but she needed deliverance because she was barren. You know, she was she was serving God, doing everything right. This is this is what this isn't what they were saying about themselves. This is what God was saying about them. Mm -hmm. It's a difference when we say that we're blameless. Because sometimes we omit information, but God witnesses everything. So there was nothing omitted. They were truly blameless, but she needed deliverance because she was barren. She was a she was in a place of being unproductive, un unproductive. And the thing about it is we know that they tried because how do you know that you're barren unless you try? They tried, but nothing happened. Nothing transpired. No child came from it. And I can imagine back then they didn't, you know, well, we know they didn't have the technology that we have now. And I, and I really believe that, you know, the Bible tells us about both of them being well stricken in age. And that's why Zachariah said, I'm an old man. Like, and she well stricken in years. So he's like, you know, my soldiers don't march like they used to. And he, <laughs> he looking at her like, she's old. She's old too. Like we're both old, not putting the blame on, on Elizabeth. But he's like, hey, we both don't meet the criteria to have a child. But God can do as, as he pleases, yes, he you know, and in this scripture uh, it's not one of our verses, but it does say with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mm -hmm. So this is what God was showing them that there's nothing that he can't do. And all you have to do is just remain obedient, mm -hmm. remain faithful, stay focused because God remembers, you know, he, he's not a God that forgets. He remembers everything. And so 
now is Elizabeth's full time to be delivered. Mm -hmm. And the name Elizabeth means God is my oath. So this is a point in time where Elizabeth, God was setting Elizabeth free. Thank you. Can you stay faithful? Can you be obedient until your now moment comes? Mm. Until God fulfills that oath. Jesus. Because God, God kept them. God, you know, God provided, God kept them. But it's it's a child that they desire that they didn't have, but they didn't, they didn't let that affect them. You know, Elizabeth, all she needed deliverance from was being barren. She didn't need to be delivered from mm. anger. She didn't need to be delivered from resentment. She didn't need to be, you know, delivered from unforgiveness. Those weren't her struggles. Her only, like she didn't have a struggle with God. Her only struggle was, you know, her, her inability to reproduce. And so I just want to encourage everybody, you know, be ready when your now moment comes because it's coming. Thank you, Lord. Be ready for that God. moment. Amen. And, um, you know, this is, this was their now moment. And even when Zacharias, you know, began to speak out of a place of fear, the angel even told Zacharias why he went to, he gave him the reason for his consequence and that there's grace there too, because it's letting, you know, I shut your mouth because of this reason. So let Zacharias know, Ooh, <laughs> so I don't want to do that again. But if he had just did it, then Zacharias could have been wondering like, okay, why God, why can't I speak? No, God was gracious enough to even tell him why. It reminds me of times where I'm being judgmental. This is this, I've talked about this before. It may be something very simple that I'm being judgmental about. And then later that same day, I would do that same thing that I judged somebody else for doing. And God would be like, this is because you judged it. Like he'll, he'll just let me know. And I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. Yeah, like you're, you're right. You know what I mean? It's like, it could be something simple, like why she, you know, we had the grocery store. Why they put the shopping cart over there? Like she could have just walked it back. Just something simple. Y'all know how we do. We just, be, we always had opinion about something. <laughs> and then the next day I go shopping, I just put my cart. And as soon as I let release it to put it somewhere where it ain't supposed to be, God's like, mm-hmm, you did the same thing. I'm like, oh Lord. <laughs> like he gets me and I know exactly why. You know what I mean? So there's a grace in that. So it's like, okay, all right. Props me to like, don't be so judgmental. Like you you know the reason for this consequence or you know why God is bringing this to you. And so even with Zacharias, he's like, okay, you're being, your, your mouth is closed because of your fear and you speaking out of face of unbelief. So we're going to see how that comes into play a little bit later on. So let's look at uh, verse 59 and 60. Hallelujah. And it came to pass that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. So where his neighbors, you know, his friends and his neighbors and uh, their cousins, everybody came to see this child because they were like, oh my gosh, like God was so merciful to y'all. Like we're so excited. So they all came as it was customary to wait until the eighth day. We already know eight is a new beginning. So they came on the eighth day and they came to circumcise the child. That was their job. You know how like people say you only had one job, you know, <laughs> that was their one job. But in their excitement and their zeal and their passion and their, you know, their joy, they came there and they tried to go past that one thing that God had them to do. Now, these are the neighbors and the cousins coming to see the baby. John has been born. You know, as my husband just said, she delivered, she brought forth John. They came and they begin in verse 59 to say, beyond circumcision, which is what they came for. And they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. Listen, just do what you're told to do. Just fulfill the assignment that you were given. Stay in your lane. If you came out of joy and excitement to come circumcise the child, that's fine. And that's all they should have done. Right. But here they go in their zeal and, and not really getting good control of their, of their emotional state. They begin to speak out of turn. They begin to call him Zechariah. Y'all didn't come here to name my child. Y'all came here to circumcise my child. So in verse 60, she had to speak up. Elizabeth had to speak up. Now, you know, with childbirth, she's, she's sore, she's in pain and everything. And it's been eight days. So she's on her way to recovery. But she had to speak up. She had to get that strength and begin to speak. And answer and say, mm -mm, not so. <laughs> I hear y'all calling him like Zacharias Jr. 
no, he shall be called John. She began to speak up. Y'all know I like this host. I speak up and speak out. Speak up and speak out. When you hear somebody saying the wrong thing, especially concerning something that's connected to you, connected to one of your blessings, connected to one of your family members, connected to one of your church family members, you got to speak up. Being silent is not an option. Word world, being silent in that particular circumstance was not an option. That child did not need to hear them calling him Zacharias after the name of his father. Now, mind you, Zacharias may have wanted a junior. He might've wanted a little Zacharias, but he had to remember what the word said. Right. He had to let that word shape his world. And she said, not so, he shall be called John. She began to almost prophesy in a sense. He shall be, that's future tense. So when you are speaking, your prophecy needs to line up with God's word. What you say out of your mouth has to line up with what God already spoken. Because as someone who's speaking for God and on, on behalf of God and speaking as an ordained vessel of God, your word needs to match what the word says. So she couldn't say anything different than what God had already put in place. She said, not so. He shall be. He hasn't been called this yet. Right. But he shall be. Future tense. He shall be called John. Graced by God. Amen. Speak up and speak out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moving on to uh, verse 61 and 62. And they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. Now this, this is, you know, this is just, you know, how people do, you know, trying to bring division, you know, trying to mess up them being blameless, trying to mess up them being righteous. And uh, my wife, you know, we were, my wife and I, we were talking about Elizabeth wasn't there in the temple with Zacharias. And this is the point, that was the point in time where his speech was taken. Mm -hmm. So how did Elizabeth know what the name of the child was going to be? So I'm assuming he had to write it down, <laughs> you know, and th this speaks volumes about Elizabeth as a person. Mm -hmm. Come on. Because her husband went to the temple to do what he always does. But those in those times, he came back talking. This time, he couldn't talk at all. He had to write down and explain to her what had happened and, and what's to come, what's to be. Mm -hmm. And this was for the duration of her pregnancy. She's yeah. just now full time. So mm -hmm. the whole nine months, Zacharias can't say a word. But she, she never questioned him. She never questioned God. And I believe God silenced Zacharias because like my wife said, God didn't want him to continue to speak doubt and unbelief. God didn't want him to taint Elizabeth because mm -hmm. she was just, she would, like I said, he couldn't talk. He wrote it down. She believed it. Mm. And we see that in the scripture before, because I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm assuming she wrote it down, like his name is going to be John. And that's, that's what she's saying. Even though Zacharias couldn't physically say that, that's what she believed. Like, it wasn't like, well, I don't know if this guy, because, you know, the rest of the times you went to the altar, you came back talking. So I, I don't know if this him like you, you, you can't talk now. I don't, I don't know if that's him. She didn't she didn't question it at all. She didn't question God. She didn't question what he was doing because, you know, we would have been looking funny like. So now you can't talk, but <laughs> God told you this. She didn't have that mindset. Right. And so, like it says, uh, go back to 61. It says, and they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And isn't that just how people do it when they don't understand something? Mm -hmm. And this is why we can't get caught up in what people say. You know, they were trying to hype her up to disobey. They said, right. Nobody else got this name. Like, how does that even make sense? And I can, I don't know about Zacharias, but I know now when we had, I, I wanted a junior. <laughs> I wanted a junior because, you know, when we had who <laughs> when we had Judah, you know, me and my wife, you know, we we had a rough patch. You know, I I was off. Um, got it by the grace of God. I got it together. Amen. And I I prayed in, in my rebellion, in my disobedience. 
I prayed. Like I never stopped. I never stopped believing in God. I just had some stuff going on. But, and, you know, I prayed to God and I asked God for a son. I asked God for Judah. And God answered my prayer. So, so God did his part. He didn't have to. He did his part. He gave me he gave me another son because I asked for it. And so God had already done that. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, the icing on the cake would be if, you know, he was Brandon Jr. I, I did. I wanted a junior, you know, and I, I brought it to my wife, you know, and, you know, she just gave me that. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me one of those faces, you know, like, OK. Um, and then, you know, she told me, you know, the Lord said, you know, his name is supposed to be Judah. Yeah. In a dream. He gave me the name in a dream. But I can't say, even though I wanted a junior, I wasn't upset. Like, I, I wasn't angry with God. Like, I wasn't upset with God. Like, oh, God, like, why? Why he can't be a junior? Like, you, why give him to me if you're not going to let me name fully him. do what I want to with him? Like, mm -hmm. if I can't give him my name. But, you know, I had to be okay with, because God did answer my prayer. And I can't overlook that. You know, we Come can't on. overlook God answering our prayers and then want to want something else mm, Lord, be Jesus. thankful be grateful because he still moved but even in him moving even though i wanted a son god still has a plan for judah and that doesn't include his name being brandon jr his name is judah <laughs> you know his name is praise that's right and so is it and they said unto her there is none of thy kindred that is called by his name and that's okay we can't get caught up in the crowd mm -hmm. we can't allow what people say, we can't allow opinions, we can't allow what people think to move us, to cause us to get out of position, to cause us to disobey. Like they're trying to hype her up to do something that, like she already knows what to do. Zacharias already told her that their child's name is supposed to be John. And just because it doesn't make sense to them, they're trying to persuade her like, you know, are you sure? Like why, why not just call him Zacharias like that? That makes more sense than than calling him John. And what they couldn't do, they couldn't forget the grace of God. You know, because Elizabeth, she's related to uh, Mary. And look at this, like, so Mary was a virgin. Mm -hmm. And then look at this. But, you know, Mary still needed God's help. And even in this, Elizabeth wasn't a virgin, but she still needed the help of God. Right. So don't be moved by people. Don't let other people's words shape your world you can't just let people speak and say anything to you you can't let them speak and say anything to your family don't let them speak and say anything about your children that can affect your world because if she had not obeyed like who knows what type of outcome this could have been god already had a plan and purpose for john like i said this was the grace of god um verse 62 and they made signs to his father look at these people how he would have him call. So they've already talked to Elizabeth. Right. And I'm assuming they went, they probably went to Elizabeth first because they, they've been there throughout these nine months and they see that Zacharias can't talk. Mm -hmm. So because, you know, you can verbally answer us, we're going to go to you first. Like, what do you want us to call him? And when she says, John, they're like, okay, this don't make sense. Well, let me go to the one who can't speak. <laughs> Father, Zacharias, what do you want us to call him? And this still speaks volumes to the level of obedience that they had. First, Elizabeth, because she had to, she had to confirm, you know, even though he wrote it down, his name is John. And now they're coming to Zacharias. What do you, I know this, I know this is what your wife said. I know this is what Elizabeth is saying, but it don't make sense. And, you know, they didn't say like another name of Kendrick. They said his name. Look at the temptation there. Right. Like, what, what, do you, what do you want us to call him? And they made signs right in front of Elizabeth, just disrespectful in every manner. They said, how would you have him call? God is looking at our response and can we just be obedient regardless of the crowd, regardless of the audience around us? Can we still obey? Yeah. Because like I said, we never know how things are going to affect the world that God is trying to shape because the world needed John the Baptist. The world needed Christ. The world needed them to obey. And in, the, in that same manner, God needs us to obey because this is his will. This is his plan coming to pass. And we're a part of that, but it can only be what he said if we do what he said, the way he said. Mm -hmm. So regardless of 
you know, what people are speaking, what they don't understand, regardless of what signs they could, they could say, you know, well, I had a sign and I don't, I don't think that's right. Or I think it should be this, or, you know, this is a sign and that's a sign. Everybody already trying to make, you know, correlation between stuff, but you can't be bothered by all that. You got to say, no, this, this is what the Lord said. Amen. You're good at this. I understand that, but this is what God told me to do. We just have to stay on path. We have to mm -hmm. stay focused and we have to remember what God said. Not It's not just up to God to remember. We have to remember also. So in these moments where we're trying with what he said, we don't make mistakes. Amen. Amen. And verse 63 says, and he asked for a writing table and wrote saying, his name is John. And they marveled all. So in verse 63, He's being, you know, now the, the, the focus is on him, right? Like they totally disregarded what, what his wife said mm -hmm. in front of her face, in front of his face. And they had to show, remember how we talked about their unity in the earlier verses, how they were uni united with being righteous, united with being blameless, united even in their circumstance. They continued to show this level of unity, even right here with the pressure of the family and friends. And you know how family can be. Like, are you sure that's what you want to do? You know, I had to make a decision to, to move to North Carolina and everybody in my family wasn't supportive. Like, is that really where you're supposed to be? Come, you know, I moved from New Jersey and it's like, I got to just do what God told me to do. You know what I mean? I just have to stay focused in spite of the pressure. But this showed a still a level of their unity. Mm -hmm. Like I, you just asked my wife, we're going to say the same thing. It's almost like when you have kids, like our kids, they may come ask me, oh, mom, can I have this? And if I say no. Then they're gonna go to him and he's like, What did your mama say? Like, or nieces vice versa. That nieces, nephews, <laughs> yes, nieces and nephews too. Like, my nephew asked me last time we were at a family that just brought up to my, in my mind at a family reunion. My nephew asked me something and I was like, You gotta ask your mommy. Like, don't try to get me caught out there. You yeah, know, like, I, I want some cake. <laughs> <laughs> so we like, You know, what, what your parents say? They said no. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a no. <laughs> So, you know, they went to Sarah and said, you know, we want to call him this. And she's like, no, it's John. And they go to Zacharias, think they're going to get a different answer. You have to be in a place that you're so unified with the people that God has connected you to that y'all speaking the same thing. That there's not, it's not a different answer. If somebody goes to your pastor and your pastor says, no, you know, you need to do this. They shouldn't be able to come back to you and like, well, pastor said this. What you think about that? Oh, I think the same thing. Right. I think exactly the same thing, the same thing that she told you already. You know what I mean? You have to have that level of unity. So he said, give me, you know, he motioned, give me, give me something to write on. So since y'all want to try me in front of my wife, disrespect my wife. I love y'all. I know y'all excited. Y'all came, all y'all came to do was circumcise this child. <laughs> y'all all out the lane. So let me just, let me help you. And he wrote, but look at the word after wrote. He wrote saying, our title is a loss for words. Are you able to still obey when you are at a loss for words, when you don't have the words to speak to that circumstance or to that situation? There's been times I've gone to prayer and I'm like, God, I don't even know what to say. I just, I, it, it's such a heart wrenching situation that I didn't even have the words to speak. But I'm like, God, hear my words through my tears. I begin to speak through my tears. I begin to speak through my moans and through my groans. And I know that the Holy Spirit can interpret that. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, he began to speak through his writing. God is calling for somebody to go back and start writing. I don't know who it is. Hallelujah. But there's somebody that's even listening now or will listen later that, that God has ordained you and anointed you to write. And some of the things that you can't speak out of your mouth, that you just can't formulate the words right out of your speaking voice, then God is calling for you to use your writing voice again. Go back to what he said, writing it down and expressing yourself. Maybe it's something you want to convey to your spouse that you feel like it's just never the right moment to, to speak it, write it down. Go back to writing. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, he, what he wrote saying, his name is John. Y'all, y'all know his name. My wife just told you his name is John. So earlier, Elizabeth said he shall be called. She began to speak into existence this moment right here. Lord, that's the level of unity they worked in. She began to speak into existence this moment. Mm -hmm. 
right now, as my husband was talking about the now moments, right now his is not what he shall be called. His name is, we went from future to present tense. This is his name, graced by God. And they all marveled. They all were shocked. They all were surprised. They were like, I, they went to him because they thought for sure he was going to validate him having a junior. But it was a different story. Amen. Uh, let's look at our last verse, verse 64. Real quick. Yes, go ahead. I also just wanted to say um, about Elizabeth and about Zacharias. Um, why Zacharias was at a loss for words. Mm. Um, we can't be moved by how God decides to do things because the scripture said that they were without child. You know, she was barren and they were both well stricken or they were both very old in age. Mm -hmm. So they would have just been happy with any child, but mm -hmm. God went above and beyond. He gave them John, somebody who's, who's going to be filled with the Holy ghost in the womb, somebody who's going to deliver Israel. So John has this calling on his life. Wow. And so Zacharias is hearing all of this and he's like, I can imagine him just being like, I, I just want, I just wanted a child. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, any child will be okay with me, but God is explaining in detail who this child is going to be. Mm -hmm. So just because you, you, you know, you may just pray a simple prayer. Got to add on the details. Don't be moved by the details. Don't let that drive you to unbelief. Don't let that drive you to doubt. Don't let that cause you to not believe God because he does it differently or not quite the way you imagine, or don't be overwhelmed by the details. Mm, just remember that Jesus. God, he's got you. Ooh, don't be overwhelmed by the details. That'll preach in itself. And so, you know, it says in verse 64, his, and his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake and praised God. This was Zacharias's second opportunity to give a response. First time he messed it up just talking all out the left side of his mouth, <laughs> right. you know, with fear and unbelief, but God has given him a second chance. This is another opportunity to show a different response. And God is saying, you know, even as we're, we've been at a loss for words, when this opportunity is presented to us again, the next time, how will we respond? Are we able to speak when we have no words? How are we going to be creative? Because we can't, he didn't just say, like, I can't say nothing. He said, mm -mm, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to still find a way to speak what God is speaking. Right. And I'm going to speak through these words. So in this second opportunity, his response was faith. His response was, I'm lining up what I'm saying to what God has already spoken. And so when we are presented with a second opportunity in whatever circumstance or whatever situation, it may be a situation where you had a job and you lost your job because you were always late or because you didn't do everything you were supposed to do. But God is not going to say, you know, I'm not going to have you work ever again. He's going to present another opportunity to you. All right. So now for this new job, how are you going to do something different? What are you going to do different in this job? How are you going to make sure that you keep this job and be have that stability? So whatever the situation is, another opportunity is getting ready to present itself. And God is looking at your response. How are you going to do things differently? Right. What Think about the things that you did to mess up in, in error in the first place that caused a consequence. And God let you know what that thing was. The angel was very specific. You, are, you cannot speak because of this. So when this opportunity is presented to you again, you can't blame your, your, your punishment for you not speaking what God says. Mm -hmm. You can't blame the punishment and the consequence for not doing what God called you to do. You cannot. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you've been sat down because you did something. You being sat down doesn't stop you from doing the will of God. Right. It helps you from when you get back up to make the better choices. You cannot blame. Lord, who's the help us all Lord you can't blame your consequence as a reason for you not being able to do the will of God he didn't use that as an excuse he said get me a, I'm a, I can't speak this but I'm going to get it out somehow I'm going to write it amen and his mouth was open immediately and just like the Lord said he said when these things are delivered it took him saying his name is John 
And once that happened, immediately his mouth was open. He had a different response, no longer at a loss for words. It yielded a different result. His tongue was loose. And in that moment, he didn't use his tongue to say anything else. He began to praise God. And I just want to encourage you when this next opportunity comes, make better choices. Yes. Make sure you're speaking what God speaks. Don't worry about the people that's gazing at you, looking at you because God already told you it's going to be a performance. So when this thing comes to pass, somebody is going to be around. They do need to see, they do need to marvel. They do need to have hope because that gives them hope for their own lives. When they see, okay, you know what? This person, they, they didn't bug, they didn't falter because we were all staring at them, trying to make them make a different choice. They were still able to find a creative way to say what God says. That gives, you don't understand the level of influence that you can have over the lives of people connected to you in your obedience. Amen. 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 Right. And um, what God was just speaking, uh, you know, like my wife was saying, Zacharias, he gave two different responses. His first Mm -hmm. response was a verbal one. This next response was a written response. So we can't just focus on those verbal responses. God is looking at every response. How how are you responding on social media? How how are you responding to text messages? Come on. These are still responses because they're still formulating words and you're still, you know, conveying how you feel. How are you doing in those moments? God is looking at everything. What are you giving God? to remember watch your responses in those text messages Ooh, watch your responses on. on social media all right like what 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 story are you are you portraying is it giving somebody hope do you sound hopeful in your situation because people see we clearly see that the people see there's an audience they and they they know the word and what i like about elizabeth zacharias couldn't speak she could, but she never complained. She didn't taint what God was doing. It says that, you know, they they heard what they heard about the mercy of God. So this is this is mean that she was vulnerable. She wasn't afraid to speak about, you know, her being barren. She didn't blame it on God. You know, she didn't none of that. She wasn't negative in any way, but what she did, she allowed God to get the glory. By having the right response, you know, by being willing to be vulnerable, you know, that's that's why I don't mind talking about the place that me and my wife came from. That's why I don't mm-hmm. mind talking about the place where I came from, because God got the glory. Thank you. I want to tell somebody, don't be afraid of your testimony. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of your testimony, like share that because of what God is doing in you now. Like we're speaking about that now, now moment. Mm-hmm. This is what God is doing now. Look at what he has done now. Somebody else needs to hear that. Amen. And, you know, the mouth is is a doorway. It's a doorway that God gives for us to have uh, vocal and spoken words. But in this word world, I just want you now to think about not only your spoken words, but your word world game has got to be so strong that even if you're at a loss for words, that you're still able to speak and speak what God said. Amen. 